This is the Olive Wellness Podcast, brought to you by the Olive Wellness Institute. Welcome to episode 12 of Olive Wellness Podcast. I'm Sarah Gray. If the number of male dietitians is any guide, men's health probably doesn't get the attention it deserves. Someone who wants to change that is Melbourne-based dietitian and nutritionist Joel Ferrin, also known as the Nutrition Guy. He says men face different health issues to women. For instance, they're more susceptible to heart and lung disease, diabetes and suicide. The issues can be complex, but from a dietary viewpoint, too much saturated fat, salt and sugary drinks and inadequate fibre can increase a man's risk of heart disease and other illnesses. Joel advocates a Mediterranean and olive oil-based diet for men looking to improve their health. Joel shares his tips for men in a moment. First, he tells Chris Ashmore he's been a dietitian for close to seven years. My background is actually in the biomedical sciences. So I did a Bachelor of Behavioural Neuroscience and then I did my honours in exercise physiology. And I was sort of destined to go down the sports science route, but it was actually a chance meeting with another dietitian who changed my mind back in 2008 and decided to become a dietitian. And my career's gone in, in all different directions and I'm absolutely loving it. So I took the long route. I was always interested in science and always interested in how the body worked, but I was always fascinated by food and how food could be therapeutic for you. But I guess it really dawned on me in my mid-20s and that's why I changed direction after all. Well, your career expertise includes men's health. Tell us a bit about this area and What made you become an advocate for men's nutritional health? Look, it's really interesting. Firstly, I think we really need to shine the spotlight on men's health. Men in this country live five years less than women, and we have particular nutritional issues and health issues. We know that four men die every hour from largely preventable diseases, so things like cardiovascular disease, lung cancer, trachea cancer, colorectal cancers, and, of course, mental health issues. There's some real advocates for men's mental health, but I just felt there weren't any advocates for men's nutritional health. So, yeah, I wanted to be the guy who was flying the flag for men's nutrition. And as well, in the dietetic community, there's only 3% male dietitians. There's a real gap in that space, and there's a fascination by food and nutrition, and there's so much misinformation out there that um, you know, I really wanted to myth-bust some of those common misnomers and really shed some more light on how nutrition can positively impact our own health. Do men, compared to women, tend not to care so much about what they do with their bodies or their health, do you think? Yeah, I think you're right to some extent. We tend to take the she'll-be-right attitude. And, you know, I'm first one to put my hand up and say that I've been guilty of this in the past. I'm in my mid-30s now, but a few years ago I, I was having some chest pain. And, you know, like most blokes, I just pushed it aside and thought once again, you know, she'll be right. But it was my wife who begged me to go see a doctor. And, and look, in the end, it was nothing sinister. It was just a little muscle twinge. But I'm really glad I, you know, went through the process. I'm not sure why men shy away from the health if it's, you know, once again, the she'll be right attitude or maybe it's a lack of caring. I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's sort of this idea that we need to be tough and we're almost infallible and immune to all these things, but clearly we're not. And perhaps that explains why, too, there are so few men dietitians. Would that be right? It's an interesting one. I had no idea that it was such a female-dominated profession. I mean, uh, it's an obvious point of difference for me. 
But I think in the sports nutrition space, there's a lot more males. But in general dietetics, there's very few. And I don't know if that's allied health in general, but I'm quite comfortable in that and uh, mm-hmm. owning that space. I stand out like a sore thumb at conferences, that's for sure. When it comes to diet and more specifically the Mediterranean diet, Joel, for men in particular, are there any health benefits from the Mediterranean diet? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really does impact our whole system or every system in the body, from our heart, our brain, to even sexual health, digestive systems. So following more of a Mediterranean style of eating will absolutely impact our health. And as I said before, more men die from heart disease than women. And the landmark study back in 2013, the PREDIMED study, actually showed that adherence to the Mediterranean diet reduced their incidence of heart disease by 30%. And that's incredible. It's really significant. And I think the way nutritional science has gone in the past five or so years is that we've moved past looking at single nutrients or even single foods, and we're looking more at dietary patterns. And I think the Mediterranean diet just ticks all the boxes. Mm -hmm. We've spoken a lot about what it is in these episodes, but just briefly from your point of view, what is the Mediterranean diet? Lots of fruit and vegetables, lots of whole grains, legumes, but also all those wonderful fat sources. So I think for a long time we've been shying away from some of those fats, but we're really reintroducing them back into our diet. So obviously things like nuts, seeds, oily fish, and of course, extra virgin olive oil. Well, when it comes to oils then, what are some tips for men who want to improve their diet when it comes to fats and oils? I always think start off small. Rome wasn't built in a day. So look to make small, subtle changes to your diet. So if that's substitutions, I think great. So maybe look at whatever oil you're using at home and maybe use an extra virgin olive oil instead. I mean, we know not only the health benefits, but the culinary versatility of extra virgin olive oil. You can cook with it. You can add it to pastas. You can add it to salads, roast vegetables even. And we know that extra virgin olive oil actually helps to protect some of those nutrients when you cook. Simply using an extra virgin olive oil instead of some of the other oils, I think is one way to start. Well, there's been a lot of research more recently around the roles of fats in the diet and the different types of fat. What's your take on fats and what's the best source of fats? Yeah, look, I guess before I became a dietitian, I grew up in the low fat era. Fats were demonized and we needed to shy away from fats but that's certainly changing. And I think one of the things about the Mediterranean diet is actually it's not necessarily a high-fat diet, but it's a higher-fat diet if we compare the Mediterranean diet to the Australian Dietary Guidelines. Mm. Fats are back in vogue, but we need to make a distinction between some of these, what I would call in inverted commas, good fats versus bad fats. And we know that there are certain fats that should be minimised in the diet, butter, cream, fatty cuts of meat, obviously processed foods and the like. But things that we can certainly be introducing to our diet, nuts, seeds, avocado, and oils like extra virgin olive oil. It's just, once again, it's about getting that, the balance back. And we can certainly make more of an effort to include those types of things in our diet. And we know the health benefits. So not only are they tasty, but they're also going to be good for us. So it's a bit of a win-win. Australia's got one of the highest, if not the highest, incidence of obesity in the world. And for a Western nation that has access to so many good foods, healthy foods, mm. is it just a lack of education, do you think, that we're, we're so big? Oh, I don't know. I just, I don't know if education is the issue. I don't know if the messages aren't getting through or it's apathy. I'm not 100% sure. 
And a lot of people I meet in private practice, they say, I know what to do, but I'm just not doing it. So I don't know where, what's holding people back. I mean, I always refer people back to that once again. It was a bit of a landmark study back in 2012. It was actually a national health survey. And by and large, a third of someone's intake is actually derived from what I would call non-core or discretionary foods. So those types of things include chips, confectionery, soft drinks. I'd even lump alcohol into that category. You know, we're just not eating enough of those core foods. Things like what the Mediterranean diet is sort of built on. Fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, and some of those heart-healthy fats. So I'm not quite sure what's holding people back, what the barriers are to change. But if we can just start off small, like I said before, making small, subtle changes to one diet and making sure that they're mainstays, I think that's going to be the best long-term change and long-term health benefits. What are some ways we can all get more extra virgin olive oil into our diet as a source of fat? And what are the health benefits with extra virgin olive oil? I'll start with the health benefits first. I said before, it almost impacts every system in the body. From our heart, it helps to improve blood flow. It helps to reduce blood pressure. It helps to remove some of that plaque buildup, that atherosclerosis in our system. It also helps to improve brain health and reduce risk factors for dementia. And there's actually some evidence now looking at some of the phenolic compounds, particularly oleocanthal. And I know Olive Wellness Institute is investing a lot of money into the research looking at the benefits of oleocanthal. But there's evidence to show that the oleocanthal can actually help reduce some of those biochemical markers in the brain, particularly things like beta amyloid plaques and the neurofibrillary tangles that are these markers for Alzheimer's disease. We know the benefits. We also know that it can improve insulin sensitivity and glucose uptakes, thereby reducing risk of type 2 diabetes. We know the health benefits of extra virgin olive oil. And and new research is obviously being carried out all the time. But I think in terms of the application, how we can get more extra virgin olive oil in, and maybe it's including an extra tablespoon on your salad or on your veggies, certainly cooking with it. I mean, I've certainly moved away from butter and some of those other oils, fry my mushrooms, even frying an egg in extra virgin olive oil. I mean, it tastes delicious, takes the dish to another level. But one thing that I've actually introduced is extra virgin olive oil into my baking. I never knew that I was a baker or had a love for baking. But uh, yeah, I think in the last year and a half, based on some of the work that I do, I'm actually uh, using extra virgin olive oil in some of my recipes. And I was even thinking about it earlier. I actually, I do a lot of Asian cooking. And, uh, you know, I'm sure people will shake their head at me and say, no, no, you can't use extra virgin olive oil in Asian dishes. But from my perspective, once again, it just adds another depth of flavour. What other ways do you use extra virgin olive oil in your cooking then? Yeah, look, I guess to be specific, obviously I do all my stir fries using an extra virgin olive oil. But with regards to baking, I actually have prepared Anzac cookies. I also use extra virgin olive oil in my uh, my muffins and I've done some banana breads before using extra virgin olive oil. It has so many culinary uses. I mean, experiment with different things and obviously you've got different types, you've got different flavoured or at least richer flavoured extra virgin olive oil. So experiment, that's what I encourage all my clients to do. If one dish fails, learn from it, change it the next time. It's all about trial and error. But I definitely think adding in extra virgin olive oil at the expense of another oil is going to elevate the nutritional value of the dish. Joel Farron. And that ends episode 12 of Olive Wellness Podcast. To learn more about the nutrition, health and wellness benefits of olives and olive products, please visit the Olive Wellness Institute website at olivewellnessinstitute.org. 
Until next time, I'm Sarah Gray. Thanks for listening.